eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, is Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. Kip, back on the podcast. How this you thing doing? on? This thing on? Hey, man, it's it's good to be back, man. I missed you guys. Your uh, your beautiful faces, and uh, it's it's it feels like it's been uh, a whole off season for me. But yeah, I'm back, feeling pretty good, man. Glad to get back on the pod and and plenty to talk about. I know you guys have. I've missed my my wonderful eloquent voice on here. So uh let's get this thing cranking with the full crew here. Absolutely. Hey, I missed that Braves hat there you're rocking. That's not Oh, good. this is the gold program, man. I had to get it. <laughs> had to be all over. A lot has happened, it feels like, since the last time Kip you were on. And let's jump in. We're gonna really focus a lot of today's podcast on G Day. Uh, but we'd be remiss not to talk about the news from over the weekend. Marius Mims going into the transfer portal. Also, Clay Webb, another offensive lineman as well. Rusty, I want to throw it to you and just, you know, with the situation with Marius Mims, how it's played out, uh, just sort of your biggest takeaways or, or sort of what we need to know uh, as Mims looks like he's going to be headed elsewhere. I mean, um, that's kind of the day and age of college football. I mean, this is a young man that was a top 10 player in the country. Um, you know, I think he's an elite offensive tackle prospect. I think he, I think everyone that evaluated him in high school knew that, uh, he was a little raw, you know, he had to, he had to grow into his body, had to get stronger, but there's only so many players like that, that are, you know, that big can bend, um, you know, right now he just, he couldn't really get to where he was that everyday starter. Doesn't mean that his long-term ceiling is not, is not as good as anybody, but right now, uh, Georgia, you know, with a three-year starter and Warren McClendon, who's probably going to be a team captain. And then you got Broderick Jones at left tackle. Now, I do think that Mims would have played some. He's just too talented. Um, you know, I think he missed four out of eight spring practices that he was he was there for. So, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of get your footprint into that lineup when you're not practicing as much. But, you know, I've, I've said it on the board. I don't want to sugarcoat it. This guy, this guy has a, a huge ceiling left in him, but he needed some time. Uh, and, and right now, um, you know, I guess he feels like he's ready to play. Uh, certainly NIL will be involved with him as a, you know, a free agent, basically, for lack of a better term now in college, in college football. But, you know, you're going to see these things from time to time. And Amarius Mims is at a place that right now Georgia has two guys that are basically returning starters. Uh, you know, Broderick Jones played a little bit. Obviously, the national championship game, he got a chance to play. Broderick Jones is in the same situation Amarius Mims was. He was raw coming in, and he needed time. 
Uh, he, he's polished up and he's ready to take a firm grip on that left tackle spot. And Warren McClendon, like I said, I mean, he's a hardworking, respected guy. He's a team leader. Uh, I don't see anyone unseating him right now. So there's kind of Marius Mims is, uh, you know, that I heard it yesterday. You know, if, if you're not playing, you're not staying. And that might be, you know, with, with a lot of these kids, we're going to see a wild next two weeks in college football. There's going to be some guys leave all over the country, different places. So uh, it's just kind of this day and age, and he's going to end up somewhere else. He's at Florida State right now. Uh, I, I have kind of stated I thought Miami was in good shape coming into this, this thing. So we'll see if he makes a trip to Miami. but. You know, it's not an ideal situation for Georgia because you lose a kid that's probably going to be a potential very, very high draft pick if he continues to uh, develop. Uh, you know, he gets one full season in Athens, a spring practice, and he's gone. That's just the way it is in this world today. For sure. I mean, that's sort of the nature, like you said, Rusty, of college football now that, you know, these talented guys are going to see if they can play and, and try to see the field as quickly as they can. Obviously, we'll keep everybody on – on. Uh, uh, top of what the situation is and obviously wherever uh, Marius winds up playing. Uh, but let's uh, turn the page to what's going to be the big talk for us, especially on Saturday is G-Day. Uh, have a chance to go out there and watch Georgia in the spring with their annual spring game. I'll start with you, Kip. What's sort of uh, the big expectations for you or, or what you really want to see out of this scrimmage before Georgia, you know, closes off its spring and, uh, you know, the focus becomes summer leading into fall camp? For me, it's it's really the pass catchers. I want to see, obviously, with Jermaine Burton, you know, now at Alabama, you want to see who's going to kind of step up. You got some guys injured. Brock Bowers not out there. Darnell Washington not out there. So, you know, who is going to help them in, in that passing attack that we're expecting to still, you know, take another step? You know, at the quarterback position, I don't – I mean, I don't think we've seen – this offense really realized its potential yet. There's still upside there. There's still upside with Stetson Bennett. And I think the Georgia coaching staff will tell you he wasn't the same quarterback last season as he was in 2020. And with a full offseason, they would expect him to be even better going into year three under Todd Monken. So I, I think for that passing attack to take the next step, you're going to have to have some guys step up as well. So I want to see Dominic Blaylock out there coming back from injury. All reports are this spring that, you know, he's getting, you know, better and better and closer to being 100%. That's huge for Georgia. He was a guy that, you know, made a lot of plays as a true freshman and figures to, you know, potentially be a big part of this offense. And then obviously, Eric Gilbert. I mean, you want to see him out there. Uh, you know, it, if if there are two guys who can step up and, and fill, you know, the loss of Jermaine Burton, I mean, it, it's Gilbert and Blaylock, just two guys that have that same kind of talent level and, and ability to uh, to really make a difference in, in Georgia's offense. So I want to see those guys out there and see how they look. And just just seeing them out there, you know, will be good after not being able to see either one of them last last season for Georgia. I mean, that's basically two big offseason transfer pickups for Georgia. You know, the people don't really look at it that way. All they look at are the guys going, you know, out, out the door to other schools, but Georgia's potentially adding two guys, big time difference makers. I mean, if they were in the portal right now, they'd you know they'd be in that top ten overall you know uh, portal rankings uh, for twenty four seven sports. They would definitely be in there. So I just think those are guys that again could help Georgia Georgia's offense take that next step and be one of the more prolific uh, offenses in college football. 
No doubt. I mean, I feel like those two will be people definitely to watch on Saturday. There's just a lot of intrigue for me, which, you know, honestly, I didn't know coming in before the spring really started, you know, what would be the areas to really watch. But there's a lot of storylines kind of around this scrimmage. And obviously, you know, we're we're only going to see so much of some of these guys, especially um, some of the first teamers, some of the guys we expect to really contribute. But kind of bouncing off of what we opened this podcast with, I'm really interested in the offensive line, just seeing the alignment, seeing this second team offense as well. You know, the question throughout the spring has been offensive guard. You know, we feel like, you know, talking about Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon, they've got the tackle spots, it seems like, pretty well in hand. But who's going to be those guards? And do we see them kind of mix and match, you know, when you have the first teamers out there, guys like Xavier Trust and, and Devin Willock. I mean, some of those guys that we've had a chance to talk to, too, who have talked about the competition. You know, I don't think anyone has really shied away from saying that there's several guys that have been in the mix. The other day, Kirby Smart talked about Dylan Fairchild, who he said had sprained an ankle at one point, but was still out there competing. It's going to be really interesting to me to see uh, what this looks like. Also, knowing that we're probably not going to decide anything definitively right now in the spring. You know, this is probably going to be a competition that goes into the fall again when you have a guy like Tate Radledge that, you know, hopefully by the fall will be back in the mix. Uh, you know, that, that to me is going to be really interesting to just see how that plays out, uh, you know, who is in the mix there, and even just seeing how the offense sort of works uh, behind them, you know, how those quarterbacks are able to work with those linemen. Because the biggest thing that, you know, we hear over and over is just that you need those five to be all on the same page. You know, we talk about talent. We talk about guys uh, that have the ability, um, but those five up front have to work together. And, and Saturday will be our, really our best chance yet to see some of the combinations and how effective they can be um, and maybe give us an idea of what we could see in the fall. The depth, especially at guard, is where, you know, the Dylan Bearchild and Michael Morris and all those guys uh, – you know, you want to see how those guys play out. And um, I think MJ Sherman's a guy that we, we, we should see, you know, for the really the first time, like meaningful minutes for him as a young man that, you know, Georgia won a big recruiting battle for, you know, coming out and he was kind of buried in the depth. And you see what kind of depth he was buried into when, uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson's a guy that was buried in that depth. He's going to be a top 15 pick. And, uh, you know, that kind of shows you what that room was like. So now it's his turn. He's waited his turn. So let's see what MJ Sherman can do uh, and, and things that um, and things that he's able to um, uh, kind of bring to the table and, and see where those guys are. You know, thinking about it last night in the room, you know, like here's a guy, Marvin Jones Jr., really impressed me out in Texas, not even here yet. So uh, outside, edge, edge, edge outside linebacker, Robert Beal back, Nolan Smith back. Who's going to be those guys that's going to step in because – Georgia has shown they're about three or four deep. They try to play three or four guys there uh, throughout the course of a year. So I think MJ Sherman's a guy really want to see. Uh, Ernest Green, an offensive lineman that I got a chance to see out in Texas that is here. Uh, have heard good things about him this spring. So uh, I hope Georgia's not too banged up. I, I know it's been a pretty rough spring with injuries and uh, it sounds like some concussion type deals. So I hope, hope a lot of these young guys get to play. We'll probably find that out uh, a little later tonight what the actual rosters are. Yeah, Kirby had mentioned that earlier this week on a radio hit, just talking about trying to get through 
the spring healthy. And and a few other guys I'll throw out there too that I'm really interested in seeing. A guy I feel like I wish I had a dollar for every time I've said his name on this podcast this spring, but Jamon Dumas Johnson, the guy they call Pop. I mean, it seems like every, from every scrimmage, from every time we've talked to guys on defense, his name keeps coming up. This will be our chance to really watch him. You know, at, at a very important position for Georgia. You think about the inside linebackers and some of the injuries they've had to deal with, with Smile Munden, with C.J. Washington. Yeah, they need somebody like Pop to step up and, and make plays. Saturday we'll get a chance to see if he's really capable and, and what he's able to do. Um, Cause that might be someone that we see really unleashed by the time we get to the fall. Yeah, definitely. And then for, for me, you just continue on looking at some of the younger guys. I mean, who's going to step up as far as, you know, safety. Uh, he, he, some of those guys are banged up. Chris Smith banged up out there. I mean, is David Daniel ready to take that next step and, and, and start to, you know, be comfortable on that back end because that, that is kind of a position that, I mean, they continue to have, kind of some depth issues there. And so, you know, you know, with Dan Jackson, Chris Smith, William Poole, those some guys with experience, but you know, that, that next, the, the next group, there are a lot of question marks out there on that back end. I think that, you know, the secondary, it seems like it's a position with, with a lot of changeover year to year for Georgia. They're continuing to have to you know plug some new guys in there. And we saw last season, that was like the biggest question mark, going into the offseason was, you know, the secondary just lost what, you know, all these guys to the first and second round NFL draft and they turn around and, you know, it was one of the best units in college football. You know, now here we are again, you got Lewis seen probably going in the first or second round and, you know, uh, Darion Kendrick, they plugged him in, you know, without knowing what they're going to get in the portal. Uh, how is the secondary looking going into the offseason? So that's, that's I just want to see how that ne next group of guys, some of these young guys that they've signed, you know, maybe some of these uh, true freshmen, if, if they're ready to step in and, and play a big role in year one. Yeah, to that point, Kip, you talk about the secondary and you already had a guy like Tyke Smith that, you know, was coming off an injury last year. That's one less option they've had through the spring. And Chris Smith talked to us, I guess that was sort of early in the spring, about them getting a bunch of younger guys in the mix at the safety spot opposite him. So th this will be a really good chance for us to see uh, how those guys are, are developing and, and if they have the potential to play uh, come the fall. Uh, you know, the biggest thing that always st sticks out to me about G-Day and about any spring scrimmage for any college team is just how valuable – the opportunity is, especially for these young guys, for these early enrollees, you look at Georgia, 18 early enrollees, this will be their chance. While it might not be a full Sanford Stadium, and based on the weather report, we need to really hold out, hold out hope. Maybe we won't be dealing with rain, but not looking promising as we talk on Thursday morning. Uh, but it's a chance to play in you know, probably one of the bigger crowds, probably the biggest crowd that they've played in. Uh, in their high school careers. I want to throw it to you, Rusty, just how valuable is a game like this, especially for early enrollees, to get them out on the field, get on, you know, between the hedges in Sanford Stadium, and, and for them to kind of get a feel for what it's going to be like if they are, you know, thrown into the fire by the time we get to the fall. You know, not only the crowd, which obviously is going to be affected by weather, uh, but but being on TV, I mean, this is their this is their first chance for the Bulldog Nation to see these guys, first time for them to kind of, you know, you say live bullets uh, and those types of things. We got my guy Victor Lowe is back in here from Asia. Um, guys, got got a couple guys from Hong Kong just just, just commented in. So uh, we're actually worldwide this morning. It tells you that this starting to to, to uh, the tension of 
Georgia Bulldog football is starting to pick up. So uh, that that that's those are prime examples. Uh, those those gentlemen right there, you know, in the far east here are, are going to get a chance to see these guys for the first time. But I think as a player, to be able to get out there, you know, knowing that it's a it's assimilated down in distance, and you know, no coach is going to stop the play if it's a penalty. Those types of things. Kirby will probably be yelling behind the line of scrimmage, but uh, you know this is going to be a scrimmage game is is as close as you get, and you have those fans. Uh, you hope the weather holds off because you know uh, G Day under Kirby Smart has been has been packed house, and uh, you start seeing all these coaches and places. And uh, I see Brent Venables. You know the minute he got to Oklahoma, he started chanting about their their spring game, trying to get crowds, which was. You know, 93K day. That was the first thing Kirby Smart ever said at halftime. They introduced him. And I'm thinking, this man, ain't no way this man's getting 93,000. Well, he didn't get 93,000. He got about 113 uh, because there was 20 people tra- on the bridge, 20,000 trying to get into the stadium. So uh, G-Day under, under Kirby Smart has been really special. Um, Kip's probably wrote about it 100 times. DeAndre Swift made the comment when he saw those fans at G-Day, uh, you know, he was done. So it's important for recruits to see this thing is important for recruits to see young kids playing, getting meaningful minutes. It's a, it's an entire process uh, with this thing, but you know, we, we, we talk about obviously quarterback reps and that's one thing you kind of hope the weather holds off. So you can see these kids ripping around in some dry weather. Uh, I, I believe that Brock Vandergriff, Carson Beck, and obviously Stetson Bennett will all get some reps of the ones at some point to, to, to let those guys, it's such a different deal when you got, you know, Warren McClendon and Broderick Jones, you know, up under center. And, you know, you got a few seconds to kind of let the play to develop and evaluate. So, again, <laughs> we'll see how they split tonight, see how they split the teams up and those types of things. But for a young player, an early enrollee, it's invaluable because you kind of feel like, I would imagine, you kind of feel like at the end of this, hey, I really am a Georgia Bulldog. I just went through a spring practice. I just played on ESPN. I just played in Sanford Stadium. Your focus is final exams and getting ready for the summer because the season will be here before you know it. Yeah, Rusty, you mentioned that very first uh, spring game for Kirby. I think there were people standing in the dang stairwells, man. I mean, it was were. The view I had, um, I actually went up because uh, I was on the field a little bit and I actually went up into the stadium and walked through the club level of the closed in. And I walked. And I remember looking and seeing the bridge and, and and the stadium, the road there. There were people that couldn't get in, and I was like, "This is absolutely nuts." I mean, this is nuts that they brought this many people. So it kind of set the tone for G Day, and ever since then, G Day has been a has been a big deal. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break, but we'll talk a little bit, throw out some guys, uh, some of those younger guys that we are really interested in watching, and also talk about the recruiting ramifications of G-Day. Maybe some guys we'll see. And uh, we'll also talk a little Georgia men's basketball. A lot going on there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, yeah, everybody, like we were talking about just before that break, G-Day, obviously a lot to, to try to predict and sort of uh, you know look out for people we want to look out for. And I'll throw it to you in a second, Kip. I want to give a couple guys that I'm really interested in seeing, uh, specifically some of the early enrollees. Um, receiver Denylon Morissette, we've heard some really good things about him. Lab McConkey had some uh, nice compliments for him. You know, he and, and Chandler Smith are two of the receivers that have come in that are early enrollees. Don't know really what to, you know, sort of predict with Chandler because he's been in a, a non-contact jersey coming back from a meniscus repair. So sort of hard to you know predict or, or project what he'll be able to do in a scrimmage like that, and they may try to take it easy on him. But Denylon's a guy that seems like is again he's at a position that is uh, as far as depth is a real question mark for Georgia at receiver. Uh, to get a guy out there to see what he's able to do, I'm really interested in that. And then another guy that we've talked about a good bit, uh, Oscar Delp. Uh, you know, again we talk about how loaded these tight ends are and. And, and, you know, trying to find time and find a chance for these guys to see the field. But just to see how he works, whether it's with the twos or if he even gets any reps with the ones, heard a lot of good things. And we know, obviously, he was talked about a good bit uh, as a, a really prime prospect, a guy that a lot of teams were interested in. Obviously, he decided to stay home and go to Georgia. So this will be his first chance to really show out and, and to be in there in Sanford Stadium, have a chance to watch what he's got. Uh, Kip, are there any of those early enrollees you're particularly interested in seeing, guys that uh, you're really going to keep an eye on on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I want, don't want to steal Rusty's thunder here, but I want to see Brett Thorson. You know, uh, uh, you, you got Jake Camardo going off early to the to NFL after having, you know, arguably one of the most consistent yet inconsistent careers ever for a Georgia punter. I mean, for the fact that he has the highest – you know, punting average uh, ever for a Georgia punter, you wouldn't think that just because, you know, it's hot and cold games when he's on the, you know, he had one of the strongest legs in the country. And I think he'll be one of the, you know, top two or three punters uh, drafted uh, at the end of the month. So who's going to replace him? Well, I mean, <laughs> an Australian coming in here and, and Brett Thorson, who, you know, hasn't, you know, got his uh, scholarship basically through the Australian rules football and with the pro kick and all the guys that, you know, they've put into the league, you know, are we going to see potentially a different style of punter out there? And and how is he going to look? You know, uh, he's never done this, you know, in front of a crowd at all. So he, you talk about the high school players playing in front of, you know, the five or 6,000, you know, maybe 10,000 if they made it to the state championship. Uh, I don't think Brett's played, you know, in front of a thousand people possibly. And so it's going to be that moment, you know, are you when the, the lights are on, are you going to be able to to perform that moment? So I think that's definitely something that Kirby Smart wants to see. How does this guy handle pressure? You know, if uh, you got Nolan Smith coming off the edge or, you know, one of these guys coming at you, you know, uh, is that going to be something new for him? How much has he seen this spring of that? So, you know, that's obviously going to be big because they've had, you know, they've had great production from their punters under Kirby Smart. It's just, you know, uh, it, it's it's been a big part of, of how they've been able to kind of flip the field, win, win the battle of, of inches there and, and, you know, put their, their defense in good positions. So I, that's something I really want to see. And then, yeah, I want to see Gunnar Stockton. You know, what is the future 
uh, a, a Georgia quarterback position, you know, after Stetson Bennett. Because I think we feel pretty good about where Stetson Bennett is right now. I think, you know, he all this offseason talk about whether there be a quarterback battle, I think, you know, not giving Stetson enough credit for the fact that maybe he has a chance to get even better. And I think Kirby Smart's tried to push him to do that. You know that he he still has more upside that he hasn't reached. So I, I but I want to see next season. We know Georgia's going to have a new starting quarterback. So Gunnar Stockton's probably you know as uh, our former colleague Jake Rowe would say. I mean he's drinking from the water hose right now, trying to pick up this playbook and catch up to these guys. You have guys that have one or two years of a head start on him. You know how quickly is he able to adapt and and, and get up to speed on that playbook? It's going to say a lot about how well he's able to push Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck next year for that starting position. So I think, you know, obviously a lot of fans will, will, will want to see Gunnar Stockton. They, they want to see Brock Vandergriff as well. But, yeah, is this guy the, the future at Georgia quarterback? And, it, you know, what does he bring to the table? You know, seeing him out there, is he going to be allowed to make plays with his legs? So I, I just want to see how they utilize him and, and maybe what the offense might look under him under center because it, it could be him next year. Honestly, there's going to be no shortage of guys that we want to watch. I mean, heck, I'm sitting here thinking about kickoff specialists. The Georgia's going to have a new kickoff guy. We can If they wind up having any kind of kicks, I don't know if they're going to return or not. But, I mean, there's no shortage of things to really keep an eye on and, and watch and, and sort of study to see if we can figure out what we might see in the fall. Uh, well, looking toward G-Day, obviously it's a big day because of the scrimmage and a chance to get a lot of guys out there. But, Rusty, you talked about a few minutes ago about the rec recruiting implications that come out of G-Day. Uh, what are you hearing just in the lead-up to G-Day, if there are any guys you know are going to be here? And uh, even just generally speaking, how important uh, a good showing and, again, the weather works out, a good crowd can be for Georgia uh, on the recruiting aspect. Well, I'm still working on a list. Uh, I made a post a couple of minutes ago on the junkyard. I have a, a list up by 1 p.m. today. So, but I think kind of the early headliners is Justice Haynes, the running back, 2023 running back out of built, you know, blessed Trinity. We talk about him, obviously the Veron Haynes connection. This is a major, major target for Georgia. Gabe Harris, uh, outside linebacker out of Vados, the edge guy that I feel like Georgia's in a good spot with him, uh, former Florida State commit. So you look at a guy like Madden Sanker, offensive lineman over at South Paulden's, a guy that Stacey Searles recruited in North Carolina. Georgia was recruiting him before uh, he took that over. So there's going to be a lot of uh, – it's a lot more in-state flavor. And I think, you know, in the past, G-Day has been such a star-studded event kind of deal. But these kids are taking so many visits now. They're visiting places every single weekend. So – you know, you don't get that, hey, just wait until this G-Day to come. Like, if you can come, come on. So I think that it's probably not going to be, uh, you know, as deep as list as we've seen in the past. But if you go back and look at the last four weeks and what's been going on in Athens, they've had a ton of big-time five-stars every you – know, well, I'll just write randomly a five-stars in town on a Tuesday. You know, those types of things. And that's kind of where they are. Um, but, but working on a good list, it'll still be a really good list. But – uh, I think people need to understand that these things are a lot more spread out now. They're not just concentrated on one particular spring game. But Hakeem Williams, Hakeem Williams, a wide receiver out of South Florida, coming back again. That's a that's a major major target for Georgia. And I'm working on another guy trying to get him confirmed as another wide receiver that I absolutely love. And Brian McClendon, Georgia wasn't really on him, but when he got the job, Brian McClendon went right, uh, straight after this guy. So if I can get him confirmed, 
uh, that he'll be in town this weekend. We'll have that up on the junkyard and probably no later than one o'clock today. I saw Victor Lowe asked about uh, watching the G-Day game. It'll be on ESPN2, so yeah. that'll be an opportunity for everybody to watch it there. Yep. Uh, Kip, any other thoughts on G-Day before I kind of turn the page and talk a little men's basketball? Well, it's also, you know, the first first time everyone's going to get to see uh, the new coaching staff, you know, some of the new coaches uh, at work. And, and you talk about Brian McClendon. I mean, uh, for as far as recruiting, uh, I, I think – Rusty mentioned him. I mean, Hakeem Williams is probably a guy who gets mentioned on the junkyard as much as anyone. That's a, just, you know, that that big time receiver prospect that's, you know, that's always one of the first positions discussed in recruiting for Georgia. Can they get elite wide receivers in there? You know, you know I don't even know where, where he's ranked right now, but I know Hakeem Williams has got to be at or near the top of the board for, for Georgia's wishes at wide receiver, a guy that's 6'3", 195 pounds, but I mean, he play he plays like he's he's six six when the ball's in the air, and with his ability to get downfield, you know that that's just uh, that's the skill set that that Georgia loves on its offense, and I think that he's a guy. I mean, he can work out of the slot. You know, he can get separation. Uh, I just think it, he's kind of that that complete wide receiver uh, that Georgia is really looking for, and and so having him on campus again, I think, is huge as he starts to get prepared for these official visits in June. I know, you know, Alabama's heavily involved in there, Texas A&M as well. That's going to be a big battle, you know, over the next two months. So getting them on campus is, is big for Georgia. And I think they have an official visitor still. If he's, that's still happening as well. And Justin Rett, uh, he's a, a Notre Dame commitment cornerback uh, out of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, Bishop Foreman, a huge program out there. I mean, that's a guy at 6'1", 195 pounds that, you know, I'm sure Georgia's taking a long look at. And the fact that he's he's going ahead and giving Georgia an official visit here in April, it means, you know, he's taking a long look at, at Georgia as well. So that's just something that we'll be watching this weekend as well. But like Rusty said, we, we, we've we mentioned that Kirby Smart style is whatever time, whatever day you can get here, just get here. And we're worried about the rest later. So I think they're going to have a, a pretty solid uh, visitor list, you know, weather pending. But uh, I, I don't think that's really something that as far as people that follow recruiting, I don't think it's something they really get worried about. Because most of the hay is already in the barn as far as getting guys on campus and allowing guys to see what Georgia's team is going to look like this season. We'll be all over G-Day, have you guys all kinds of content and all the stories coming out of the game and also the people who wind up being there. I also want to talk about Georgia men's basketball. i got to say Wednesday was a really big day. Got to consider it a win for Mike White. Uh, You know, a a week that started off with him finishing off uh, his coaching staff, hiring an assistant from Clemson that played at Douglas High School in Atlanta, uh, getting some really good experience. But then Wednesday – you get the news that Cario Aquindo is not going to transfer. He had entered the portal back on April 6th. He decides he's staying at Georgia. You know, I, I don't think you can really argue, given the entire season, he was probably Georgia's best player, albeit that was on a six-win team. Uh, looked really good. The fact that he's going to stay is big news. And now I'm really interested to see sort of the domino effect, having a guy like Cario coming back. Uh, We learned last night that Georgia's got a couple of really talented guys that are going to come on uh, and be in Athens this weekend, kind of along with uh, the G-Day festivities. Terry Roberts, a point guard from Bradley, who, you know, no coincidence, he played with Cario at Florida Southwestern State. And he had mentioned a few weeks ago, I guess that might have been last week, 
that the that there is appeal of getting to play with Cario again because I remember seeing that and thinking, huh, you know, Georgia's in the mix with this guy. We'll see, obviously, if Cario decides he's going to stay or not. You know, Aquindo is still on board, and obviously they may be adding a, a talented point guard on top of that. And then another guy, Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Uh, he's a power forward from Oklahoma State, a guy from Canada, a guy that the, the big thing to me that makes uh, him a very interesting guy, uh, you know, he averaged something like nine points as a freshman two seasons ago at Oklahoma State. But the, the thing that I think puts George in a really good position, one of his lead recruiters at Oklahoma State was Eric Pastrana, who is now on Georgia's staff with Mike White. Uh, as an assistant coach so these are two really talented guys right now Georgia has eight scholarships uh, that they can use uh, as it stands with the the people that have left and gone into the portal this is a big opportunity for Mike White and the staff I mean they've got talented guys that looks like are at least interested in seeing what uh, they have in store in Athens you know Terry Roberts talked to uh, one of our uh, co-workers at 247 and talked about the fact that you know, Mike White is really selling that they want to get Athens rocking again. I mean, essentially, they want to make Georgia relevant in basketball, which, you know, uh, when can you say was the last time Georgia was truly relevant in men's basketball? It's a big opportunity. I think Wednesday was uh, offered some some promising news about Georgia basketball, uh, but we'll get a chance to see if uh, Mike White and his staff are able to capitalize on it, bring some more talent in, and, and build up and, and get ready for uh, you know, trying to take some steps forward going into 2022-23. All right, guys, I think that just about does it for this episode. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody watching, tuning in. Uh, we're going to get out of there on that uh, for Kip Adams and Rusty Manzel. I'm Jordan Hill. Make sure and uh, keep an eye out for all our G-Day content. And uh, until next time, take care. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.